0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adele Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host for the most, as always, Adele Amarcy, and today we have my very good friend, Tyler Wagner with us. Now, Tyler is a, how would you describe yourself? I'd say you're someone that basically co- coaches authors on how to write better books, but also you're a business strategist, so how would you best describe yourself?
1: Yeah, I would, I would say author, publisher, and then um, I have a, a bunch of other things that I, I also dabble in. I'm, I'm kind of like that that serial entrepreneur that just like, can't stop trying new things because I enjoy it so much. Um, so, But but ultimately, my main company is Authors Unite, uh, where we help people um, write, publish, and market their books.
0: Sweet. Plus, you have a kick-ass podcast. Yes. So yep, let's let's not
1: forget that. What's your podcast's name, by the
0: way, just so we can give a quick shout-out on here?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's called the Business Blast Podcast. It's a, it's a lot of fun, as you can tell from the title. Hells yes. And I was
0: on it, so you know it's going to be hilarious. That's basically <laughs> yeah. how we do things. But real quick, as you already mentioned, our sponsor for this show today is AuthorsUnite.com. Go there, check it out. Actually, more importantly, take the check out the free case study of how essentially you have helped people launch their books properly. Because a lot of people launch books, but they do it terribly, and you actually help them do it right how to do the market research and all the other fun stuff as well. Now, that being said, I kind of want to jump right off and ask you a very fun little question. Why the hell did you go down the books route? Like what caused you to go down that way?
1: Yeah, man, I kind of stumbled upon it. I, um so I was in school. Uh, I went to University of South Carolina for two years and then I made the decision to drop out. Like just didn't feel right. I, I felt like, you know, by graduating, I was going to get this piece of paper and then I was going to get to wear a suit and tie, which I hate wearing suits and I hate ties. <laughs> so, and then I could work a corporate job, which I knew. So either way, I just like envisioned my future with uh, if I graduated and I did not like what I saw. So then I drop out. And what I did is I started reaching out to conference coordinators and asking them if I could come to their events for free in exchange for like helping them set up or helping them with anything. And, um, so this, I'm, I'm kind of dragging it out, but I'll get to the point. Um, I go to all these events and a bunch of them were authors and they were speakers and I've always been an outgoing guy. So I get into all these like high end events for free. I end up going, the first one I got into was, uh, Tim Ferriss was the keynote. So I like meet Tim Ferriss at this event. And either way, I'm realizing the connection between, um, like the root word of authority is author. So one of the easiest ways to be looked at as an expert in in said niche, whichever one you desire, is to write a book on it. So um, I wrote my first book to basically help me get speaking gigs and be taken seriously, even though I was a 20-year-old dropout with $80,000 in debt and no real expertise whatsoever. So that's why I wrote a book. And then after I wrote a book, what took off way quicker than me speaking at events Uh, was people asking me how I became a bestseller, how I wrote the book, how I published it. So then I helped some people do it for free. Uh, They had similar results. And then, yeah, I just packaged it up into like services, programs, and and then scaled it from there.
0: That's pretty awesome. And I will agree with you. So many people actually don't understand the power of books, even just saying that you wrote a book is its own endeavor, its own. Now, something I am going to ask, because I'm in the middle of writing my book right now, which way would you actually go down? Would you go down the creating an audiobook and then having it created into a physical book? Or would you go physical book and then audiobook?
1: That's a good question. Well, I think it depends on on you as an individual, right? Like there's a lot of people, and I think this is for most people, it's probably easier to do audio and then get it transcribed. And yeah, then that yeah. becomes your written, I think for like probably 80 to 90% of people, that's easier. But then for the other 10 to 20%, like they really, really enjoy writing. So maybe for you, right? Cause like copywriting, it might be easier for you to just write it, you know?
0: Nope. I'm definitely the audiobook crowd.
1: Okay. But got you, but yeah, you do, do copy and stuff. So yeah,
0: I mean, it's one of those things I realized is like, uh, cause I'm very, very critical when it's my own work. And I've been called out on it by so many other copywriters and entrepreneurs. I know that basically just look at me and go, why Why did this take you six months? I was like, I, you, you don't understand how many times I had to destroy this letter and rewrite it. It's, it's for <laughs> my own stuff. It's like for everyone else, I get it in a couple of weeks. Me, I take like a full year to get down to even writing a damn sales letter. So, um, yeah, I was thinking about going, okay, if I go down the audiobook route, uh, I used to be a, uh, a voiceover actor, so... Uh, voice actor in his own as well so i was like eh, i can definitely work better with this it just i just yeah. need to go down go down that route now my question for you is if you have it transcribed and edited over uh as a book i'm gonna pick your brain a little bit here what would be like some of the key things that you need to get right at the very beginning that other that you wish everyone really knew like they don't know because they haven't hired you yet but you wish they really had these basics in when they came in to see you like what would those things be
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so one thing we always say, because we have people that come like when their book's already finished. And this is uh, kind of something that Seth Godin talks about is marketing with people instead of at people. So I wish people would like get to us before their books finished uh, if at all possible because then we can set them up with like a community where they actually document the entire process of the writing and publishing of their book and they get like feedback from from the people that they draw into their community. Because like most people do desire to write a book, It's I forget what the actual stat is but The New York Times or something came out where it's like 80% of people believe they have a book in them or something like that. And um, so most people want to write a book. So even if – you got to look at it from two different value points. So even if somebody's not interested in your book's topic, there's a high probability they are interested in how you are writing the book, publishing, and marketing it. So that's actually how you can draw a, a big crowd around yourself is by just literally creating a Facebook group and then each day just going in and documenting your process of like you're writing that day, the ups and downs, do like a vlog and just just document the entire process, get feedback from them, be like, hey, I'm thinking of these three titles, which one do you like best and like run a poll. And the thing is, if you do that during like the three to six months, sometimes it takes people years to finish their book. So let's just say three months minimum. Um, if you do that, then the people that are in that group and they're interacting with you, they, by the end of the book, they'll literally feel like they're a part of it. So if somebody feels like they're a part of the book, it's going to be fairly easy to have them purchase it and share it with their audience because, you know, they helped you with the title. They helped you with the cover. They gave you feedback on little sections. Like, so that's what I wish people would think about the marketing prior to them starting to write rather than just like finishing the entire book and then being like, oh yeah, I have to market this thing now. Let's figure that out. <laughs> you know, Because like really, the marketing starts before. So that's what I'd say. That's really
0: good that's really because important. you're essentially creating a pre-sale funnel more than anything else, getting people excited about what you're doing by showing them the creative process. Which again, is no fucking walk in the park. It's no, it's no easy walk in the park at least. Um, and that's something I actually find myself struggling with uh, to 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 a variant degree, so that's actually giving me a great insight. So thank you for that. Now, one thing I did want to ask you because wait, how many books have you written? Because I know you've written a fair few. Was is that is it just the one?
1: Yeah, I. That's actually funny. I think it's around twelve, but in but most of them are they're short kindles. So I only have like three that are um, that I would consider like you know real like you know. They're actually written full books. The other ones are for like lead magnets uh, in the Kindle store. But then we've also done collaborative ones where it's like 100 entrepreneurs come together and share their best story, Um, their best business lesson in story form, and we've done four of those. And those are pretty thick books. They're like 300, 400 pages.
0: That's pretty cool. So you basically also use a collaboration method, which is really powerful. Is it cool if I give people a quick tip on this about like uh, about one of the ways I would suggest that people write their books? And I'd love to get your feedback on this. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a podcaster, do what Tim Ferriss does: pick out your top five or ten podcasts, or even your first, or your you know your five, your top twenty podcasts that you've got. Um, have them transcribed. Pick out all the good material, and there you go. Have the book.
1: Yeah. I
0: mean, no, I I agree. <laughs> yeah, like one of the ways that I'm actually planning on writing this, and this is more exclusive, so. Uh, I've been challenged by a friend of mine that I have to write four Kindle books in four weeks. And I am not a fan of them because they're about 60 pages long and I really don't like sitting down and writing 60 pages. As we established, I'm more of an auditory person. So to circumvent and shortcut this, what I've done is I've actually sent off, um, I've got a bunch of podcasts, I think like 160 episodes or so we've had out. From those, I'm having all of them transcribed, but specifically, I'm trimming out just the end bits, which are one of my favorite questions, which you'll get later in the show. I just get people to answer that question, and then I have it transcribed out, and I've already got enough information for two or three books now.
1: Nice. Yeah, no, that's – it's it's really smart. It's actually with the Business Blast podcast, like I haven't – done this yet, but I've done almost like 1300 interviews, some, something around there and mine are a lot shorter than yours. Right. So they're like, they're like 15 minutes typically. Um, but with the questions that I ask, like, like one of the questions I ask, as you know, is like, what is the key to happiness? So like one of the things that I've thought of doing, it's just come down to like time um, is, you know, I could break it up like a hundred people that answer that question. That could be one book, you know, and just get that part transcribed. So I could have like technically like 13 books on, you know, what a hundred people say that the key to happiness is, or like, what's your number one piece of business advice? That's another question. So that was kind of in my mind when I came up with those questions.
0: That's incredible. And by the way, just for the people checking for checking out your show, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think ours went over fifteen minutes, didn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, ours ours went a little bit longer. Ours was like uh, thirty, I think. Ours um, ours pulled uh, up.
0: <laughs> go listen to it. You will have a good time because like Tyler's an amazing interviewer, and I, yeah, that, it's kind of one of those situations right now when I'm doing this show, kind of going, do I want to? How much do I want to uh, ask the questions versus just let Tyler do his own thing?
1: <laughs> no, dude, I will say, yeah, for everybody listening, definitely check it out because you shared some copywriting gold. <laughs> like, it was good, man. I was loving it.
0: No, I actually want, I was uh, when that releases, actually, send me the link when it goes like, so I want to put it with this one, of course, we can, because this will come out like in 90 days we're recording, but we'll have everything in place uh, to sort that out. But one of the things I did want to really ask you specifically when it comes to um, market research And finding out exactly what you want to write about, what processes do you use for that? That's one question. And the other one, which is a little bit more left field, so I'll let you just run right through this because it's the opposite side and it kind of goes back to Kindle books. How long do you actually believe a Kindle book has to be in order for it to be valuable enough to buy? Even if it's like $3, like it's a $3 Kindle book, how many pages will be considered quote unquote value? So those are the two questions
1: Got it. So, so yeah, first thing is like our, our typical client is somebody who already has at least like some sort of like coaching or consulting business. So they already kind of have their customers. I'm kind of, uh, I guess the word was, I'm, I'm like an outlier a little, like I wrote my book when I was 20 to kind of leverage it to, to show myself as an expert. And I didn't have anything prior to that. Um, but again, typically the people that come to us, you know, they'll have at least some sort of like side hustle business or they have a full established business. It could be ranging from there, but they already have like their target customer picked out. So then the way that I say is it's just like, all right, what are you doing with your customer that's providing the most value and how can you just over deliver in a book? Cause my, my theory is more on the Gary Vaynerchuk side and I don't even know what the other side is, but I think the spectrum is some people think don't give it all away, just give a little taste, and then you know uh, have them opt in or pay for the rest. My way of doing things is more on the Gary V side, where it's just like I give everything, like I just flood with information, uh, and just literally I give it all away. But then it comes down to like, even if I tell you the exact way to like hit Wall Street Journal bestseller, there's so much stuff to it that like you probably will not want to do it on your own anyway. And then you will probably hire us to have like help you with it. Cause it is so much work that it, yeah, it would just, it would become your full-time job times two. So ultimately I think what it comes down to is you already know who your customers are. Just write the most, the most possibly valuable book that you can come up with that is directly to your target customer and then, um, and then with no fluff, right? Because we are people are our attention spans are, are shortening by by the second. So no fluff, but just the most value you can provide. Give it all the way in the book, and then have some uh, you know lead uh, backs to like your funnel or whatever. Um, if people want to do a done for you service with you, or if people want to do like a membership program where you where you do dive deeper, it's more kind of like in a video format than a book. So that's what I. You know That's what I think it is. like If you're a Facebook ad expert, just give it all away in book and just blow people's minds with it. And then if they want you to do it for them, they'll be in touch with you. And if you did provide a ton of value in the book, they probably will want you to do that because they're going to be like, wow, I can't believe everything this guy gave in this book. Now uh, I can trust him. Now let me hire him to do my Facebook ads for me. So um, that's that part. As far as the actual – um, length, my answer to this, cause like, this is probably one of the most asked questions when people come to me when they don't have their book written, they're like, how long should it be? And my thing is, is it, sh- it should be as long as, as it should be to provide the most value to the people. So if that's 40 pages Kindle. I think that's fine. But then you, you gotta think like, what are you going to price that at? Like a 40 page Kindle is probably 99 cents. You know, once you get up to like 80 to 100 page then you can go to that 299 and the thing to consider and you know most people aren't making like millions off their books like again there's outliers that are but most are not so ninety nine cents, Amazon actually takes seventy percent. So you only make thirty cents basically from each sale. Once you get to the two ninety nine range, then you get seventy percent and Amazon takes thirty percent. So that's something to keep in mind. Where I think it's it's around that eighty to hundred page range where you can start to charge that two ninety nine or more and the value is perceived as being accurate, you know? So hopefully that answers it.
0: Oh, dude, that is so cool. And actually really helps me out. In different ways because now I know exactly how long I want to make my books um, mm. I'm particularly wondering what the hell should I
1: share <laughs> yeah I would just give it all away <laughs> honestly, man that's that's really what I think because especially with writing copy like that's the thing too where it's like even if you give all the tips that you know all the strategies like it's still not going to be easy for somebody to write a bunch of like really good copy like it's just not easy in general so I don't know that's my theory on it.
0: That's that's actually really powerful because that's something that um helps me more so than it's brilliant. So look out for a series of copywriting books coming up for me. And yeah, I might. I, you know what? I might just write five five books on copywriting, like for Kindle, called the Black Belt System, and just take people through like the White Belt of copywriting, the Blue Belt, the Purple, the Brown, the Black Belt. And I can get away with that because I do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and that's our belt system.
1: So, so and he, here's a little a, t- a tip for that that I would do. Um, cause if I had to guess, like the main goal of that would be, you know, to have people like get to know you and then potentially become your clients in whatever services you're offering. So you technically, you can't make a Kindle book free on Amazon. Like they don't give you that option. The only way to get a Kindle book for free on Amazon is to put it in other stores that are, that your book's allowed to be free. And then you tell Amazon that the book's free in other places, then they'll match the price of the other book cause that's what Amazon does. And then your book can be free forever, your Kindle book. And I, I did that. That's why I was saying, like I have like 12 books, but like seven of them are actually a Kindle series and they're permanently free. And I get like a hundred to 200 downloads on that series every day from doing literally nothing. And it funnels people in, so it's a free traffic source. So if I was you, I would do those five free Kindle books, get them free, don't make any money off the books. But just provide a lot of value and get people into like your you know your world, if you will, and Amazon alone organically will provide you with so much traffic, it's it's crazy. Okay. So I would do that.
0: That's awesome. So I'm totally gonna to write that down and be doing it that way, which is just... Yeah. So okay, let's kind of switch up the pace for a second a little bit here. So with your podcast when you're actually creating, what was the actual idea of uh, creating business blast off? like what was the process behind it
1: yes so okay so with authors unite i, I guess because uh, the business blast has been uh, like a year and a half now i've been doing it so about a year and a half ago i got to a point with authors unite where i had like finally i feel like like got over that wall of doing everything myself like i created systems around Pretty much everything where it's like when a new client comes in, my team can take them through the whole process. Once it gets to the marketing, especially if they're, you know, shooting for the major lists, I definitely still have to like overlook it. But I basically from working in it to working on it. So I just time opened up. So I always wanted to do a podcast. And then I found out about this website called anchor.fm that just makes it uh, really easy to do podcasts. So I just tried it out, and um, yeah, the business blast was just more like – it just sounded fun to me, and I just was like, hey, I really like connecting with people, and I think like this will be fun. So I did like you know 20 episodes or something, and I was like, okay, my theory was correct. I do enjoy this, and then what started happening is as I did more interviews, people started uh, to find out about Authors Unite. And become clients of mine. So then I was like, whoa, this is actually also a lead generation tool um, that I wasn't aware of at first. So then I just really started to interview a lot of people because I was like, wow, this is also like growing my business, I'm building relationships, and I'm learning like a ton. Like, you know, if you ask 1,300 people what's their number one piece of business advice, like, you know, you'll start to learn some things. Like <laughs> So it just was like a triple win. Like people love to be on shows. It's getting them exposure. It's getting me exposure. It's growing my business. So I just was like, and I, most of all, I really, really enjoy doing it. Um, so yeah, it started with enjoyment and just having extra time. And then it started to become like, Whoa, this is actually really profitable. And then I started to do it a lot more.
0: That's excellent. Like that is actually brilliant because and and I know I say that, but it's also because it's something I revealed when I was talking to Matt and Joe Wolf. Was podcasting is one of the coolest things ever because you get FaceTime with some of the biggest names out there that you wouldn't actually otherwise be able to speak to. Yep. Um. Or they're really busy, but if they're on your show, you can ask them almost anything and they're totally cool with it because most people are actually, or at least the people I've spoken to, like yourself, we attract a kind of people that are like. Hey, no, we're all on here. Let's, uh, let's just share what's there. Let's, let's open it up and see what happens.
1: Yeah. And I think too, uh, cause I've been talking to, it's a, kind of the similar thing that's happened to me with the book is like, now that I've done this podcast, a lot of people in my network just have like asked me like how I've done it and, and why I've done it. And I think there, there's really no wrong reason. Like it's not always, um, and this is just my belief. It's not always about the audience. Like in, in my opinion, like, You could start a podcast because if, say, you put two people next to each other, one person asks, Hey, would you uh, get coffee with me and let me pick your uh, brain? You know, like that typical question. Or will you come on my show? The answer to the first question will be like 90% no. And the answer to the second question will be 90% yes. So that – even if it has nothing to do with the audience, it's literally just to meet and connect with people. Like that's how – like Gary Vaynerchuk, I was able to interview him and meet him in person in New York at his office. That was all because of the podcast. If I had asked him to like go for coffee and pick his brain, I highly doubt I would have ever met him.
0: Yeah. No, it's totally that case as well. Plus you've got to realize – for the people listening, you've got to realize that a lot of people have been told uh, don't ever do – calls for free, like don't ever do meetups, stuff like that because um why would you? Like people should pay you. Which is true, they should totally pay. at the same time, it's one of those things where cool. I'd rather get them on my podcast where I can help them just ask them a bunch of cool questions.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah.
0: That's one of the coolest things about that. Now I'm curious about how you are how you how you actually unwind it. Like what is the actual thing that you do at the end of your day? How do you completely relax and get into that zone of relaxing, like active recovery?
1: Oh yeah, that's actually I'm still working on that. <laughs> in all honesty, I'm one of those types of people where it's like the mind is is always running. Um, yeah. So, in all honesty, one thing that's helped me is CBD. If you've ever heard of CBD, <laughs> that helps um, because I'm just that type of person where it's like I will go until like I crash, or if I real like what I struggle with is balance. Like when I have a target or I'm like focused on work, I will like negate everything else. And I don't realize I'm doing it until like months go by. And I'm like, holy crap. Like I haven't spoken to like some of my best friends for like months. And I, and I'm just like, I don't even realize I'm doing it. So the balance part is like forcing myself to disconnect and then just like engage in a way that is not work related is something I'm still working on and then to be able to like sleep and turn my brain off at night CBD helps with that <laughs> so that's what I do
0: that's pretty cool because like I, I do I've been using CBD oil for a while now um, but whenever uh, similar to you I have a hard time switching off and lately it's gotten a lot more intense because of the amount of work I have to do mm-hmm. um, when you're managing like four launches in the same week It's just hell,
1: but um, I I can relate with books. (laughs) It's wild when like, yeah, I mean it gets to a point with books too where it's like you're launching all these books and sometimes they're like similar books. So like not necessarily like similar topic, but like similar as far as like they're, they're both a business book or they're both a self-help book and they're launching in like similar weeks, then it's, um, it gets interesting. You know what I mean? Because it's a lot. A, launch, a book launch is a big thing. So it's like a lot of traffic going towards. So um, either way, I can relate to what you're saying. Multiple launches in a short period of time can definitely, uh, you know, you need, you need some rest <laughs> for sure.
0: Yeah. You need some time off to uh, recover. that's something I've always, like, been looking at more than anything. It's going, okay, cool, I need to have that Uh, and actively seeking it out. So CBD oil has been helpful. I also find, like, doing yoga has been helping a lot Uh, as well.
1: Yep, I do. I just started doing that, like, a couple months ago. Yoga, and I'm actually – so I'll I'll say this because I was thinking more at the end of the day, but I run every morning. That's what, like, really keeps me just – I'll just say honestly, like, sane, like – It just keeps me like level-headed. I notice if I skip my run in the morning, my whole workday is like messed up. Maybe that's in my head a little bit, but I just don't feel the same. I don't feel good. So what I've done is I've incorporated yoga two times a week because when you run that much – because I'm talking like five to seven miles every morning. Like you you know, I'm very not flexible and my legs are starting to just get real bad. But yoga twice a week like – after yoga and i do hot yoga like it feels so like you're zen it feels like you just meditated but you also stretched like it's fantastic
0: see that's quite powerful because i've only been doing it for about a couple of weeks and i do it more at home because over the last like six seven weeks because i moved to a new place mm-hmm. i think when we did my show i was still living in my old place and i moved to this new place um the one downside i had was I kind of, it shook up my schedule so much that I haven't got back to my workout schedule. So I've been, like, doing stretches at home to keep my body flexible, make sure that my hypermobility is in place. Um, i got to tell you, man, like, doing the morning routine of going running, I don't know how you guys do it. Like, running for me is, like, the one thing I
1: Really? Yeah, it's... It's interesting. It's like the first five, 10 minutes, I I do also hate it. But then I like get into the I guess the runner's high or whatever, like I just get to this point where it just clears my mind completely. And I can just go for about five to seven miles without stopping. And it's it's not like a it's more like a jog, you know, but it's and then afterward, I feel so at ease because because it is hard. It's almost like Now that I've completed something so difficult, all the work that I have to do that day seems not as difficult. So then I just sit down, get it all done, you know, not saying it's all easy, but it's, it's easier after having done a run for some reason. Um, and that's what clears my mind. Cause I've tried like lifting weights and stuff. And like, I think it definitely is better, better for physique than running, but it doesn't do the same mind, uh, thing for me. Like it doesn't, I don't feel like, uh relaxed after lifting weights i feel relaxed after yoga or running
0: see that's really powerful because i whenever i do jiu-jitsu like brazilian jiu-jitsu i legitimately want to just take the rest of the day off and fall asleep like Mm. i've been noticing and i know that's usually because i know when it's usually when it flares up it's when i've taken like six or seven weeks as i've done now off training and then i start training but i have a lot to go and do in the day so as soon as I get back, I like for the rest of that morning, I'm completely wiped out. It's like don't speak to me, don't ask me if I can do any copywriting for you that morning. I'll start my writing around one, two o'clock. In.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: Otherwise, I just hit burnout and it sucks like crazy. Just like one it, of the worst feelings ever.
1: I the run for me like gives me energy. Like when I wake up, I'm like a little cloudy, you know, and then the run just like gives me clarity, and then I can just crush it. And then I'm usually good. You know, like I'll typically start, I'll get up at like seven or so, run, and then come back. I'll typically, yeah, I start work like nine or 10. Um, I take it slow in the morning, like I'm in no rush. And then um, I'll go until like seven or 8 p.m. at night. So, and I feel pretty good. And then even at eight, it's like not even that I can't keep going. It's just like, it's like I make myself stop so that I can actually get a little bit of time before going to bed because you know it's, it's kind of hard to just like close the laptop and then hop right in bed. At least for me, I need a couple of hours of like wind down time.
0: Yep. I could not agree more with you. I legitimately find that my routine for going to bed um, has to be on point. Like I literally have to make sure that the entire routine starts off. Um, now it's changed because I've started working with the company. So my old routine was like 7 p.m., switch off everything. It used to be 8 p.m. Finish doing, like, the very last podcast at 9 p.m., if I was doing it, or another day. And switch my laptop off, go play some Xbox, go play some PlayStation, watch a movie, read a book, have a bath, stretch, and then, you know, take a little bit of CBD oil, and then just go to sleep. Or cook. I I, I love cooking, so I'll probably spend, like, a good 30 minutes cooking, and then as my night progresses, 8 o'clock, have some food, and then just, like, An hour before bed or 30 minutes before bed, I usually switch off everything that's a screen. I go to my bed, sit there, and start reading. Once I finish reading a book, then it's bad.
1: Yeah, dude, I'm so, I don't know if we spoke about this on uh, my podcast, but it's interesting because when you just said bath, like, I don't know a lot of people that take baths. I just, I live in Miami and uh, I rent and I got this place that was furnished and it just so happened to have like this incredible bathtub and like, Dude, I never took baths ever, like, before. Like, I've taken one before, but never consistently. And that's, like, part of my morning routine. So it's, like, I'll go for the run, come back, and I actually take a bath typically, like, every morning. (laughs) That's pretty
0: pretty cool. I usually don't. Like, uh, when I say I take a bath, it's, like, occasionally I'll take a bath, but most likely I'll take a really long hot shower. But if I'm taking a bath, it's because it's, like, usually Fridays are when I'll do the baths. Because um, I would have like damaged the shit out of my body from Monday through Friday. Um, yeah. So my plan and Mondays, so I should take two baths. Like definitely, they're on my schedule or Sunday night. Um, with Epsom salt baths, I just throw a ton yeah. of Epsom salt in there, jump in there, and I'm literally, I'm in there for about. I hate sitting in bathtubs for like an hour. I really get restless. Yeah, so yeah. That the, the way I've been the way I've been dealing with that is I stick on an audiobook, like i don't have my phone near me um and my new place has like a it has a bathtub like where i can fit my whole body in. yeah like i'm six foot tall so like it's hard as shit to find a bathtub with my knees on my <laughs> yeah. so like getting this place i think that was one of the closing de- closes for me was like looking at it going um this bath actually uh works for me this is kind of cool i'm happy with this um, <laughs> Yeah, so back to what I was saying. Was essentially, the way I do it is I have my phone uh, play something on Audible, and I just put my phone out of reach, so I can't really reach down. If I want to reach down, I have to get out of the bath. So, yeah, I, I do the
1: same I audio. I
0: about 15 to 30 minutes. The worst one is uh, when the heat, like in this bath, because the ventilation is weird, when it gets really, really hot in there, because everything is like steamed up and shit, I find it harder And mm-hmm. I'm like. Oh shit. So this is basically if I had to do like bikram yoga or hot yoga, I swear to God I'd be drenched mean, in sweat the shortest time.
1: Oh yeah, you know, I um that's you know, back to the hot yoga thing and, and I do the Epsom salt as well. Not not every day, but I do it like once a week and it and it really helps. Um but um yeah, I don't know why, but I tried like like you're saying you, you do it with yoga like at home, like watching like a YouTube video and it's like guided. Mm-hmm. And some reason, like I just, I don't push myself to the limit when I'm just by myself, like running I do, but like yoga at home, it's just not the same for me. So when I go to the class, one thing, like when you are in hot yoga, you are able to uh, go further, like the warmness or whatever does, it helps you become a little more flexible, it, like loosens your muscles up or something. Um, but then just also being with other people and having that teacher, like walk around the room and like push you a little bit further in your stretch. Like I, for some reason with yoga, like I need that, but I am similar to you where it's I, my mat, like actually there's a, there's things in yoga called like a mat towel. Like, and I have to have that or my towel just turns into a slip and slide and like, it just doesn't work. So I have that and I look around and it's so interesting to me. Like I'll look at the the girls in the class and dude, this room's like, I, I think it's like, it's in the nineties or it's, it's, it's hot in there, man. Like they put it hot, and the girls are like not sweating. And I'm like, yeah, we have really different bodies. Cause I, I don't even start yoga and I'm already sweating. Like I just walk in that room and I already feel like my forehead, like having sweat <laughs> and like they'll, they'll, they'll leave the class and be dry. And I'm like, I don't understand this. It's crazy
0: never really understood people that leave class completely dry right? like the worst ones they used to um it's when i used to work out in the gym uh i do like my running and if i didn't work up a sweat on the treadmill i knew that i i, I had to go work up a sweat on the treadmill before i can go lift weights because i was like this just this wouldn't feel right um and various speaking of what you said i i like classes i don't like doing guided yoga at home so what i've been doing what's been working out is i'll find i'll learn a couple of yoga yoga poses and yoga things will help out my my hip flexes and my back and whatever Mm -hmm. but like most of the time when i'm stretching i'm actually doing like brazilian jiu-jitsu stretches like i'm stretching out my hamstring i'm stretching out my calves i'm stretching out my feet my back my shoulders my neck it's fine but like again i have to have something on in the background not like a guided video or whatever just music or something or like a movie so i can do it while in that state Otherwise, it's just – it's a whole shit show where I get bored. And then three <laughs> days later, I'm like, why am, I, why am I in so much pain? Why did I not stretch?
1: Yeah, and I'm the same – like I need something too. Like with running, I like – I'll switch back between audio book and, um, uh, and music. And I actually found this new app. It's called, it's called Blinkist. Oh, and I love been, Blinkist. Yeah, yeah. I just came across that like a month ago. So it, it's kind of cool where it's like my run – like five five miles or so, if I remember, I think it takes about an hour, hour and a half or so is my typical run. So uh, with Blinkist, like you could go through, and obviously you're not getting everything from the book, but like it is cool summary points. Um, and you could you know do four, five, six books with Blinkist in that time, and it just is kind of cool. It's like yeah, I just knocked out like you know five incredible books in like an hour and a half. So Blinkist is cool.
0: Pretty damn great. Um, one of the ones that I really have me. Um, again, cause I I love Audible, so I listen to it like two or three times speed, two mm-hmm. x. But what I found is, um, when it comes down to actually like getting creative, I have to do the thing that Gary Halbert like usually talks about. I have to lock myself in a room and put my head through hell in order to write really well, which is a real pain in my ass. I mean, don't get me wrong, it works wonders, but God, is it my ass to do. It's just emotionally, yeah, exactly. it wrecks you. So the workouts do help. Now, kind of jumping back off of that, and I want to ask you this really as a question uh, yeah. for everyone else. Yeah. My own self, but I know other people as well. When it comes down to sitting down and writing, like, let's just talk to the people that do like to sit down and write. What are some of the biggest obstacles that you found that authors have come across, including yourself, and how did you overcome them? Like, rice that could be an obstacle. Like, how did you, what are some of the ones that you came up with?
1: Yeah. So, so there's a couple things on that. First, I'll start with writer's block and this is going to sound funny, but, but it does work is if you just sit down at your computer and you're looking at like that blank white Microsoft word page or whatever, and you're like, I have writer's block. One thing that's helped me is if I actually just start moving my fingers and typing gibberish, like I'm just like, you know, like, you know, literally gibberish, like just, just, but just getting the fingers moving and typing, it will, I don't know if it's like a muscle memory thing or something, but you'll eventually stop typing gibberish and you will start to type actual words. So I think why most people experience writer's block is because they just stare at that white screen and they're trying to think like, how should I start this? Well, just start typing like gibberish and then eventually you know, because you do know words, like you will eventually start to type words. So I writer's block, I think is kind of, I think it's kind of a myth. I think it's like a cop out a little bit in my, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. Um, and then, um, what, what do I think? I think most people, why they are unable to like finish their books. And it's not that they're unable. It's just a mental block is that they're trying to perfect the process instead of complete the process. So from, um, my experience with my own books and with all the people that I worked with is that they're trying to edit the book while they're writing the first draft. So they're like – they'll write a few sentences, go back and like read through it and they're they're like editing while they're writing, which is just not in my opinion the way to do it. The way to do it is to like accept the fact that your first draft is going to be like at best so-so um, and just finish it. Like just allow yourself – to get everything out of your mind and just write a first draft that is maybe terrible. It's okay if it's terrible because it's better than nothing and just get it all out. And then once you're finished with it, go back and then edit it yourself a couple times. And then always, it's just essential. You need to hire an editor. Um, you need some outside eyes to edit the book for you because you're too deep into the work. So I think it's just understanding the fact that like truly an editor will take your book from like a three out of 10 to like a nine out of 10. Like that, that's how dramatic an editor is for your books. Um, final for your like final draft. So yeah, just think accepting that, like it's very hard for people to like just finish the draft because they keep trying to perfect it. And when they should just complete it, edit it, complete it, edit it, and do that a few times. And then the final, um, the final, uh, final draft will be what it's supposed to be.
0: <laughs> that is just such such an easy way of it.
1: Yeah, like don't be so hard on yourself and like and I think what it is too is like a lot of people will try to come up with the title first and they'll like so I actually I one of the Facebook ads that converts the highest for me and uh, actually I should send it to you after I don't just out of like to show it to you because I think it's I think it's pretty good copy <laughs> so I think it would be cool but like the the title of it is why you should write your book backwards So it like catches people's attention, I think. And then I go and it's like kind of long form for a Facebook ad. But ultimately, that's what I believe. Like you should literally write your book backwards in in a sense of like your title comes last. And and the reason the title comes last is because once you've written your whole book, it'll kind of come to you naturally in a sense. Whereas if you're trying to come up with like what is the title of this whole thing that I have not written one word to yet, that's pretty difficult. But if it's something you've already finished 100%, then the title is like a lot easier to come up with. So, um, yeah, I just think it's the, the process is backwards to what most people are doing.
0: Really powerful. Like, I love that just simply because it's something completely new and unique. By the way, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Cool. 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 Sorry, Skype is how about now? Can you hear me? oh yeah sorry skype decided to mute me for a second it's been <laughs> the last couple of episodes i'll just randomly mute me i'm like god damn it <laughs> oh, god. But anyway, so i was gonna say it was like writing your book backwards is a really powerful thing and yeah please do send me that facebook ad so i'm really really curious um yeah. one of the questions i do have as we're leading up to this as you love books as much as i do i'm gonna throw you a bit of a curveball here and it's not because the curveball isn't the question that bit can... so if you had to recommend 10 books for people to read what would they be? But here's the here's the twist. Here's where the little caveat Seven of them have to be nonfiction. Three of them can either be fictional books or movies.
1: Oh, okay. This is good. So um, I don't read fiction, so I'll we'll probably have to go movies. But um, for nonfiction... Um, this is what I'd say. Okay, this is good. I have my Audible account up. As you were asking that, I was like, okay. We'll go to, we'll to, we'll to, we'll to Audible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so You're It by Alan Watts. So I'll go like business and personal development. You're It by Alan Watts is like one of my favorite personal development books. It's incredible. I'd get it on Audible. Um, that one's very good. Uh, You're It.
0: You're It, right. So I'm actually downloading.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that one's good. Uh, Very, very good. Um, I really like the automatic customer um, or no, excuse me, excuse me, uh, built to sell, same author, but I would go built to sell. It really teaches you how to like scale um, a business and like turn it in. Like it's exactly what the title says, like basically how to turn your business into something that, you know, somebody would want to buy because it has the correct systems in place. Um, and I'll go the classic, the four hour work week really did change my life. Like I read that in school and then I realized after reading that, that I could do like kind of whatever I wanted. I didn't need school. So that was like the catalyst for getting me to drop out. So I think that should be like essential for any entrepreneur. Like you need to read the four hour work week. Was, that's just my opinion. Um, so that's three. Um, oh, Tim Ferriss basically
0: going ahead and, uh, corrupting so many people's bank accounts in the best of possible ways, making them entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah. Um, Alright, so I'm looking. There's so, I have so many in my Audible account, I'm trying to give you like the best. Um, influence uh, is very good. So I'd say yeah. um, Radical Acceptance. This is more of a personal development by Tara Brock. That one really changed my uh, my thinking on some things, so I really like that um let's see here Ooh, Sh- shoe dog was really good that's a good story
0: you know what's funny you're the fifth you're the third person to recommend that and the second person to recommend that book on the show and actually i bought that book at christmas so i'm not gonna go read it
1: yeah dude so let me g- i gotta give uh two more so well, one that we spoke about on my show i think 48 laws of power that's pretty it's pretty Amazing wild book.
0: Yep. Did you actually read The Laws of Human Nature in the end? Did you get it?
1: Uh, I have Laws of Human Nature, but I haven't finished it yet. Yeah, it's a long-ass book. Yeah, yeah. So we, we talked about that. Um, so that's kind of – it's on my list to finish. Um, but the one that I actually have not gotten all the way through, but I do believe that it is incredible, but it's just so – I don't know. It's crazy. Is um, I'm sure – have you heard of 12 Rules for Life? By uh, Jordan. Jordan Peterson. Yep. Love that so, book. So that's a really good book. I've gotten through that one. But his other one, his first one, Maps of Meaning, that Ooh, one. Classic. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't, that one, like, I find, I almost don't know if I can do something else while listening to that. But I, I know <laughs> that it's like genius. But it's like, you know, typically when I'm doing audiobook, right? Like, I'm like running or it's just, it's something while I'm doing something else. And I find with Maps of Meaning that like I will literally – I'll have it on and I'm like running and then like five minutes will go by and I'm like, I have no clue what he just said. Like I have no idea. you know It's like so deep I feel that like you need to just only be – maybe it's a book that you have to read. I don't know but I haven't gotten through it but I think it's probably something incredible.
0: (laughs) You're not the the only one that said that. So many people have said that. well.
1: Yeah, it's I like intense. <laughs> um, so, and, uh, I, sorry, i say Arthur uh, Schopenhauer, he's really been big too. So I've listened to a few of his audio books. So I like him. But I'm over for that. So that's like nine. Um, now, movies, because I don't really do fiction books. Uh, the latest one that I just watched that I really, really liked is called Glass.
0: Ooh, uh, yeah, that's, that's a really good trilogy. Yeah,
1: yeah. Glass was... Um, and I think the other one's called Split. It was before that. But just Glass, like the underlying kind of message, I think was really good. And they, just the acting in it is mind-blowing to me. Like the guy that can do all the personalities and stuff, I just – I think Hughes he's – James McAvoy is brilliant.
0: Like he, how many personalities and how he managed to switch through all of them so quickly as well. And he's so convincing in all of them.
1: It. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. Um I think – so I don't watch that many movies. Like that's It's hard for me on the fiction side because I'm always like personal development or business books. But I think that was 10, so I kind of broke the rules there. If another movie comes to mind, I'll tell you. Oh, uh, Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> I love that movie. That's a classic.
0: Yeah, you can't go wrong with that one. That's just a great movie all around. I'd say this much, though. I'll add in um, an extra movie for people to watch. Mm-hmm. It's not so much one movie, but it's a movie series that you want to go through and spend like, you can spend like a whole month going through it every day. But if you want to get really, really, really good at like understanding the story, that how to create long form stories that like span more than one book, um, check out the Marvel Cinemata- Cinematic Universe. Like, mm. Everything from Iron Man to like recently was released in 2019, which is Endgame. If you watch everything, you can actually see how, in some cases, they have like some of the worst, literally the worst uh, movies you could think of. And then how like that same character is redeemed literally to the next movie as being one of the best. And one of the best, one of the best ones for this is um, Thor, uh, Thor as the character, because Thor as a movie character wasn't, he was good, but he wasn't great. The second Thor movie is like terrible, and you only really want to watch that at the one time. Thor mm-hmm. Ragnarok, the third movie, smash success, absolutely huge. People loved it, and they carried that same character play forward in the next two movies that came out after, which were Endgame and Infinity. Um, so I definitely recommend those books, those movies. Sorry, it's not those books; those movies because they're really good fashion out and she's studying. Now, as we're kind of coming up to the end of the show, one of my favorite questions I love to ask on this, and I'm going to get you to actually answer it, would be, if you could give advice to an entrepreneur who is, or even a service-based business, whatever they are, they're product-based, could be anything, you can give them advice on exactly the steps, like the actual steps they need to take in order to write their first book, what would those steps be? You don't even have to go into detail, you can if you want to, but what would they be?
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, all right. So first step is to decide, you know, what you're going to write about. So I think that is having the end in mind. So you'd want to discover like, what is your goal with the book? So let's say your goal with the book is say you run a health, uh, health business where you, you help people optimize their health. So you would write a book that, you know, provides as much value as you possibly can with that book, um, to that target audience that you're helping optimize their health. And then to actually write that book and actually like, let me take a step back. You have to enjoy the topic. So I'm assuming if your business is in health optimization that you do enjoy it. Cause again, writing a book is not easy by any means. So I think enjoying the topic you're writing about is essential. So that should be number one. And then number two, whatever the goal of the book is writing it, um, you know, towards that goal. But then I'll actually go into the entire process of writing your book backwards. So First step is to basically lock yourself in a room, turn off all technology um, and just yeah, get rid of any possible distractions and then do a brain dump um, is what I call it. Same thing, kind of like a mind map, but you just get everything out of your head. So we'll just stick with the health example. So if you're talking about health optimization. So like the best morning routines, best nightly routines, best things to eat for breakfast for energy. Like these are just some random things you could write about on that. Get everything out of your head until you literally can't, there's nothing left. So there's like a hundred circles on like a whiteboard or poster board of all these different things you could write about. After you do that, look at them all. And there's like three options. You're like, I could either group some of these things together to be a chapter. I could delete, uh, this doesn't need to be in the book, uh, or this one thing, this standalone, like morning routines could be a chapter in itself. So then let's say you have a hundred bubbles at the end. You decide after deleting some, leaving some on their own and grouping some together, you have, let's say 20 chapters. Don't try to organize them in any order whatsoever yet. Just treat them as separate blog posts and then just, just write them as separate blog posts. So one blog post is on morning routines, ones on nightly routines and so on. After you've written them all separately, The funny thing that will happen is that the order will kind of come to you fairly naturally. So then after you've written them all separately, then put them in order, then write your conclusion, then write your introduction, then come up with your subtitle and title last. And then you have your rough draft complete, do two rounds of self-editing, then hire an editor, then you have your final draft, and then you're ready for publishing.
0: That is amazing.
1: That's the way to do it. (laughs) Backwards.
0: Yeah, that's just basically the simplest way of doing it. That's amazing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. And the way I kind of explain it too is I think it's more artistic than a lot of people give it credit. Like a lot of people want like the perfect outline and they just want to like fill in things. And then they have a book pop out at the end, which I'm sure does work. But my experience is if you do it that way, you kind of limit yourself. Whereas if you do it the way that I said, it is messy, but – what type of art isn't messy like you know true art is is messy you know like it's it's typically like in music you don't just like write lyrics and like those are the final lyrics like you write out lyrics then you kind of try them out and then you would maybe delete some add some like it's never perfect the first time through so i think just like doing it the messy way and then taking away the things that don't work then you're you're left with an amazing product rather than trying to perfect it and then add things on at the end.
0: Incredible, and that's actually quite powerful because you have that with and so many different art forms as well, and it's it, it is brilliant. I actually am going to be writing my books this way now. I think this makes alchemy and persuasion a lot easier to write. Mm-hmm. It's, but yeah, um. Dude, thank you so much for being here, Tyler. It's been absolutely a blast having you on the show today, guys. Definitely go check out Authors Unite um, that dot com. That's actually going to be on the links to, in the link description, as always. Also, check out Business Black uh, Blast Off because that is the podcast that you and I did, and there's going to be a link in the description to our episode. But listen to the other ones as well. They're not all thirty minutes long. A lot of them are fifteen minutes long, but they're really powerful uh, pieces of stuff to go into. Um, and yeah, dude, just thank you again for getting on the show and actually spending time with us today, and actually giving us some absolute gems on how we can actually write our book and
1: For sure, man. It was uh, it was awesome being here. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, you're definitely welcome, guys. Definitely go check out authorsunite and as always, rate, share, subscribe, and review this uh, show because the more ratings we have, the more reach we can get, and the more guests the the, the more guests we can actually get is actually one of out for because if you guys have any requests send them in through the mailbox uh on the contact form the site anyway dude it's been a blast and i will catch you guys real soon definitely make sure you check out tyler's stuff uh, as the last time just saying that and um as always